Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to The Pastor's Study. Hindus and New Age people believe in reincarnation. That is, we come down to earth as a person, then maybe we come back as a cow, we come back as various things. But Christians believe in the incarnation. Let me define that. The word karnas in Greek, the New Testament was written in Greek. Karnas means flesh. Incarnation means the enfleshment of God. And Christians believe it only happened once. Hinduism, God becomes human many times, but in Christianity, there's only been one incarnation, and that was in the person of Jesus. So what I want us to talk about on this half hour is the mystery of how God could take on human flesh. C.S. Lewis said, and here's a little seashell, C.S. Lewis said, imagine fitting yourself down into the shell of a snail or slug, and you will get a glimpse of what it must have been like for God to become a man. So let's pray, and let's talk about the mystery of the Incarnation. God the Father, we do pray that your Holy Spirit would come and teach us who Jesus is. Many people, even that have been in church all their lives, don't quite understand who Jesus is. And Lord, we pray that you speak to us now, in Jesus' name, amen. Jesus is the incarnation, the enfleshment of God, J-E-S-U-S. -S. What I want to share in this sermon is five things that Jesus is. J, see if you can catch this from Hebrews 2. Since therefore the children, us, share in flesh and blood, have a human body, he, Jesus, himself, partook of the same nature, that through death he, Jesus, might destroy him who has the power of death, that is, the devil. Therefore he had to be made like his brethren in every respect, so that he might become a merciful, faithful high priest in the service of God to make expiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered and been tempted, he is able to help those who are tempted. J stands for Jesus is just like us. He really became human. I remember when I was 20 years old, sitting in Bible class at my college, the professor taught that when Jesus was a baby, he didn't know he was God. And I thought, that's heresy. And then the professor taught when Jesus was three years old, he couldn't do trigonometry. And I thought, of course he could do trigonometry. He was God. But I've come to believe my professor was right. Luke chapter 2 talks about Jesus as a boy that he grew in wisdom and favor with God and man. In other words, he really became human. He went through the normal human learning processes that we all do. I mean, think of this. Do you think Jesus ever burped? Do you think he ever messed his diapers? The answer is yes. He really became a human. And you have to maintain that, that God really became a real human because it took a human to pay for human sins. Early in church history, there was a heresy called docetism. Dakeo in Greek means to seem like. And the docetists uh, believed he looked like a man. 
He seemed like a man, but we know God would never really become a man. And the early church condemned that as heresy because Jesus, really, God, had to really become a man to pay for man's sins. So the first thing to say about Jesus, he is just like us. Second, E. See if you can catch this one from Philippians chapter 2. Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped and held on to, but he emptied himself, took the form of a servant, became human. Jesus is just like us, and he's E. He's equal to God. Jesus is equal to God. Jesus is God. I remember being 12 years old, sitting in my confirmation class as a Lutheran, and the professor, I'm professor, my pastor taught the Trinity that there's one God, three persons, the Father who made us is God, Jesus is God, the Holy Spirit's God. My hand went up. I thought Jesus was the Son of God. Yes, that's right. What do you mean he is God? And he explained that the Bible teaches Jesus is the eternal God with the Father and the Spirit. And that's when the light bulb went on for me. Lots. Of, I remember an 80-year-old man putting his hand up when I was teaching the Trinity. What do you mean Jesus is God? The Bible teaches Jesus is the eternal God, one God. All three persons are God. All three persons are eternal. There's a story that one night about 11 o'clock on Christmas Eve, the farmer is reading his newspaper next to the window. The wife and children come out all dressed up and she says, honey, won't you go to church with us tonight? It's Christmas Eve. No, you take the kids to church. I don't, to me, that's a fairy tale. Why would God become a human being? But you go ahead and take the kids. And off she went. As he's sitting next to the window, he hears something outside. He looks through the window. Something's going on in the barn. He pulls on his coat and boots and goes into the snow and turns the light on in the barn. And here somehow a flock of birds has gotten inside the barn. And they're circling near the roof because they can't get out. Now there's a window, a big window at the top of the barn that they could fly out. So he start, the farmer starts to shoo the birds toward the window and then they really go crazy and start flying in the wrong direction. And he, he does this and he gets frustrated and he said, you know, I wish just for a second I could become one of those birds, fly around with them, I'd lead them out of the window. And, and if I could just become one of them, I could save them. And when it dawned on him what he said, the story goes, he went and fell on his knees in the snow. <laughs> Jesus is just like us. He truly became human. He's equal to God. The reason Jesus, God, had to become a man was to get us out of this mess and to save us. J-E-S. Jesus is Son of God and Son of Man. I love that old hymn, Beautiful Savior, King of creation, Son of God and Son of Man. You have to maintain two things about Jesus or you become a cult. Cults always get this wrong. Jesus is truly the Son of, of God, he's God, and he's truly the Son of Man, he's man. Jesus is fully God and fully man. That's what you need to cling to. Je just like us, equal with God, Son of God, Son of Man, you in the word Jesus stands for this. Most famous verse in the Bible, John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. The, word, the letter U stands for unique. He's the only Son of God. If you watch public television, they'd like to have New Age teachers. And so here's Wayne Dyer 
kind of a new age uh, motivational speaker, basically teaching we're all kind of God. The Unity Church teaches that we're all part of the collective Christ consciousness. Oprah said, quote, I used to believe Jesus came to earth to die for our sins. Now I believe he came to get us each in touch with our own inner Christ consciousness. In other words, we're all God. No, we're not. Jesus is the only begotten Son of God. There's only been one incarnation. It will never happen again. Years ago, I went to Epcot Center in Disney World there for their big Christmas concert. It was wonderful, big choirs. Eartha Kitt, she's died now, but she's, she was Catwoman on Batman, actress. She gets up to read the Christmas story. It was a wonderful night. But then Eartha had to give her opinions. And she said at the end of the night, can't we all just get along? doesn't matter. Her point was, whether you believe Jesus is a philosopher or the Son of God, let's all honor all of our beliefs. And that's what Christmas is all about, she said. I thought, no, that's not what Christmas is all about. And here's the deal. I, I honor everybody's right to their own beliefs. That I honor. Do I honor everybody's beliefs? I can't. I mean, if you believe crashing an airplane into a building, killing hundreds of people is your ticket to heaven, I don't respect that belief. If you believe Jesus is not God or the Son of God, but he's a nice guy, he's a philosopher, I don't respect that belief. And I get this from my favorite C.S. Lewis quote, Lord, liar, or lunatic. C.S. Lewis said, Jesus either is who he said he was, the Lord, or he's a liar, or he's a lunatic. You know, good moral people don't go around saying, I'm God. <laughs> and and C.S. Lewis said, Jesus did not give us the option of believing he's a nice guy. He never intended to, and he didn't. The, the, the point is... Jesus is the Lord, or he's a liar, but he's not a good philosopher. He's, he's got to be the Lord or one or the other. Last thing to say about Jesus, he's just like us. He's equal to God, son of God and son of man. He's unique. He's the only begotten son of God. And the last S comes from Hebrews 4. See if you can see it. For we have not a high priest who was unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sinning. Let us therefore draw near to the throne of grace to receive mercy and help in time of need. S stands for Jesus is sympathetic. He's, I mean, he's, he's been here. He's been through all the crud you're going through. The only difference between Jesus and us is he never sinned. Everything else is the same. So uh, Jesus is sympathetic to our needs. And I'll, I'll just close with this. If you're going through a rough time right now, I want you to believe that Jesus came to earth to go through what you're going through to help you through it. Quick, two quick stories. I was a conservative at a liberal Lutheran seminary, three of the roughest years of my life. During my senior year, it was especially bad because I was in senior seminar, and every Thursday I got barbecued for my Christian beliefs by the other students. I started getting really depressed, sleeping too much. I was sleeping one afternoon, and I had a dream that the next door neighbor uh, in my dorm knocks on my door, steps into my room, Tom, remember, trust in the Lord always, he will take care of you. I had that dream. Then a knock came on my door, I woke up, I sat up in bed, my neighbor comes in, he says, remember Tom, trust in the Lord, he will take care of you. And later I saw him, I think at the cafeteria, I said, 
did you come into my bedroom and say that this afternoon? He said, yeah. I said, what made you say that? He said, oh, I don't know. I just felt you needed it. I said, I had that dream right before you did it. <laughs> to me, that was God just showing some mercy that he's going to get me through this. I mean, an another uh, seminary dream. I had a sinful week during seminary. So I did not handle myself well. I got on my knees next to my bed, and I prayed for forgiveness, and I got up and I went to sleep, and I had this dream. Here was a man in a turban with a long robe on. He's on his face, on his, on his face praying to his God. And in the dream, he prays and prays and prays, and he never gets off his knees. And I heard a voice, his God is an unforgiving God. And I woke up and knew what it meant. The reason I could get off my knees when I prayed for forgiveness is because Jesus is a forgiving God. Do you know who Jesus is? He's just like us. God really became a true human. The only difference is he never sinned. Do you understand Jesus is equal to God, that he is God with the Father and the Spirit, one God, three equal and eternal persons? Do you understand that he's the Son of God and the Son of Man? Jesus is fully God and fully man. Do you understand that you, he's unique, he's the only begotten Son of God, and we ain't him, Oprah, and then S, do you understand that he's sympathetic? If you're going through a rough time, pray to him, talk to him, he'll get you through. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions that we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. If you do have a question for Pastor Brock, we invite you to send it to our website and we'll use it on a future show. Pastor Brock, as long as we're talking about heresies, you mentioned the Docetists. Mm -hmm. um, what were some of the really early heresies mm -hmm. about Jesus? You know, Jackie, the, uh, the big one, well, the littler one was called Docetism, that Jesus seemed like a man, but he really wasn't human because God wouldn't become a human because they thought human, they thought material substance <coughs> was evil. Uh, and the early church contend, no, he was truly human to pay for human sins. But the bigger heresy was read, led by an ancient heretic called Arius, and he taught Jesus was really a man, but he wasn't God. He was kind of Superman, he's better than you and I are, but he wasn't God. And so that ancient heresy really divided the church. And sadly, the only, well, there's only, the, the Jehovah's Witnesses hold to the Arian heresy that Jesus is a creature, that he's not eternal, that God the Father made Jesus, but John 1 teaches, no, Jesus is God, eternal with the Father. All right, I was just going to ask you the question, do any groups still hold to these mm -hmm. heresies? And you mentioned Jehovah Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses would. Uh, the Unitarians don't believe Jesus is God. And sadly, Jackie, this is new, the Congregationalist Pastors, the United Church of Christ, you don't have to believe Jesus is God to be a UCC pastor anymore. That's horrendous. So, How can you take God out of the Trinity? Amen. Yeah. I, I don't understand that. No. Okay. Um, how do you explain how we got the Nicene Creed? Mm -hmm. There was uh, Nicaea is a town in Turkey today, and because of this Arian heresy, this Arius, I think he was a, a bishop or an elder in the church, a lot of people started believing that Jesus is not eternal, he's not God, he's sub, he's superhuman, but he's not God. Well, the Bible teaches he's God, 
And so the bishops of the ancient church came together in 325 AD to this town called Nicaea in Turkey, and they came up with what's called the Nicene Creed, affirming one God and three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Arius was condemned as a heretic. That doesn't mean he killed him. They killed him, but he, he was uh, announced as wrong, and that's when the church had their... The reason the Nicene Creed had to come about and we say it every Sunday in churches, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ is only. We say the Nicene Creed, and we had it invented to protect ourselves from heresies like Docetism and like Arianism. Okay, we have the Apostles' Creed mm -hmm. and the Nicene Creed. Mm -hmm. Why two creeds? Well, actually, probably, uh, well, the Apostles' Creed is the oldest one. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and the uh, Nicene Creed goes, we believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty. And, and so they're, they're very similar, but the Nicene Creed, which was later, goes into much more specifics about who Jesus is, that he's very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made. So the Apostles' Creed is earlier, probably in the second century or, or so. The, uh, the Nicene Creed is 325. Uh, it had to get more specific. Was it? had to get more specific because of the heresy yes. that was in the church yes. then? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. No, I've never heard that explained, yep. I have to say that. Mm -hmm. So exactly why do we believe in the Trinity if that word isn't actually in the Bible? If the Jehovah's Witnesses ring your doorbell, they will tell you that the Trinity doctrine is of the devil, and they will tell you it's no, the word Trinity is nowhere in the Bible. Here's my response. The word Trinity is not in the Bible. The concept of the Trinity starts in the first chapter of the book of Genesis. God created the heavens and the earth. The Spirit was moving over the face of the water. God said, let there be light, and through his word he speaks everything into existence. Fast forward all the way to John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Everything came into being through, this, through the word of God. Jesus is the word of God, not in, not, not in the sense that Jesus is the Bible, but he is the expression of God. You've got the Trinity in the first chapter of the Bible. Okay, you don't like the word Trinity? Okay, but if you've got to believe there's one God and three eternal persons. Jackie, the last words of Jesus on earth were, go ye therefore baptizing in the name singular of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's one singular God, but in the Godhead are three eternal persons, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Okay, so the Holy Spirit, though, came last the Holy Spirit comes at after Jesus uh, went back into heaven after the crucifixion. The Holy Spirit comes upon the disciples at Pentecost, but the Holy Spirit's always been God with the Father and the Son. But they didn't receive the Holy Spirit. They didn't get the Holy Spirit until Pentecost. So Acts does a person two. have to get the Holy Spirit in order to believe in the Trinity? Yes, yes. You, I mean, Jesus said, "Apart from me, you can do nothing." And I shall send my spirit who will guide you into all truth, John 16. So yeah, we can't believe anything that's right, Jackie, without the Holy Spirit. <laughs> okay, but I think it's easier for people to believe in God the Father and God the Son, mm -hmm. but they don't truly understand what the duty of yes. the Holy Spirit is yes. in their life. We'll have to do a show on that. <laughs> okay. so, so I guess that leads me to the next question is, where does the Bible teach that Jesus is God? What are some of the yep. verses that and people is, can yep. use if when they have that question? If the Jehovah's question? Witnesses come to your door, just remember three places. John 1, Hebrews 1, Colossians 1. John chapter 1, Jesus is God. Colossians chapter 1, 
the fullness of deity, Godness, was pleased to dwell in Christ. Hebrews chapter 1, you've got God the Father calling Jesus God. And then there's a lot of other places. I like to point out, when they're at my door, I point out John 20, where Thomas sees Jesus risen from the dead. Thomas says to Jesus, my Lord and my God. And, and Jesus doesn't say, oh, wait a minute, Thomas, you made a mistake. He says you should have believed it without seeing it. So uh, then uh, Philippians chapter 2 about God becoming a man. So there's a number of places that teach it. But John chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1. So everybody should remember those verses yes. because that's what you can use for your mm -hmm. argument. So, Pastor Brock, what does the New Age movement teach about Jesus? The New Age, if you go to a, uh, a bookstore, uh, we'll say Barnes, uh, and Noble. Barnes and Noble, they'll have a large New Age section. And the real Jesus Christ, who is kind of a guru, and so they write these books because somebody gave me a dream, and, and the dream said that Jesus really lived in India 500 years before he was born. <laughs> There's no evidence for any of that. And Jackie, the New Age teaching mainly is you are God, I am God, we are all God. Is Jesus God? Of course he is. What isn't? So that's kind of the New Age teaching, like Oprah. She's got this awful book she promoted when she was still on the air by Eckhart Tolle, who also was a New Age teacher, teaching basically we are all God. So is Jesus, but we all are. Pastor Brock, you were talking about churches falling away and changing and that. How has this happened that our Christian churches have changed and are making things how they want instead of Scripture? Jackie, I was garage sailing in Richfield, I think it was. No, St. Louis Park, I think. No, make that Bloomington, somewhere down there. And I'm driving by a Lutheran church, a big Lutheran church, yoga classes, a big sign, a sign on their thing. So I went to their website. Here is, this is a Lutheran church. Here is a Swami, guy dressed up like an Indian guru, on their website, and he's going to teach you how to do meditation. I'm thinking, what? I mean, would Martin Luther not be spinning like a lathe? And the question is, what has happened that, that and I'll tell you, it's kind of easy. Liberal theology came over from Germany in the 1920s and 30s, doubting the Word of God, that the Bible has mistakes and uh, we can't believe everything that it says, and slowly things started eroding to, now we're going to listen to a Swami. I, I guess I find it hard to believe that it took as long as it did, though, because growing up, I mean, it seems like this New Age thing and mm -hmm. everything and that, but our own churches that were biblically yeah. based and, and good teaching mm -hmm. churches mm -hmm. are falling apart. I know. Jackie, the worst of the Protestant denominations is the United Church of Christ, the Congregational Church. Once upon a time, that was a wonderful denomination. Jonathan Edwards, a, a tremendous biblical Christian back in the 1700s, the, 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 the Great Awakening in America. Jonathan Edwards was as biblical as any human that's ever lived and he would weep to see what's happened to the Congregational Church. Well, Pastor Brock, you always tell people it's important for them to get out and find a church mm -hmm. and get into a church because you can't get church from the TV. Right, amen. Right? You can't get communion from a TV either. Right, yes. okay, but how does one gauge mm -hmm. a church? Good. Do they, yeah. what would you recommend I, I get do? this question a lot, and I, I want to encourage people to go to our website, pastorstudy.org, two S's, you can watch all our TV shows for free, but pastorstudy.org, and there's a 
FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions button, you push that. How do I find a good, a good church? And here's what, I, here's what I say on the website. Just say to the pastor after he's shaking hands, Pastor, can I just, I'm thinking of maybe coming to this church. Can I just ask a few questions? Pastor, do you believe there's a heaven and a hell? Pastor, do you believe Jesus is the only way of salvation? Pastor, do you believe in the miracles of the Bible, the virgin birth of Christ, that kind of thing? Pastor, what are your views on premarital sex, abortion, and homosexuality? Now, Pastor, do you believe the Bible is the inspired word of God? And Jackie, as I've said before, if you get a lot of, oh, that's a complex issue, and you get some tap dancing, you don't want to go to that church. You want to hear a pastor that says, of course Jesus was born of a virgin. Of course he's the only way to heaven. Of course there's a heaven and hell. That's the kind of church you want to go to. You know, Pastor Brock, there's been a lot just recently with clergy abuse and that that's yeah. really hurting the church. Oh, it's horrible. But where did that come from? From God? I mean... Yeah, that, you know, it's tragic to me. I mean, I'm a Lutheran. The one thing I appreciate about Catholicism, the Catholic Church, they're the church in our culture that is taking a stand against abortion, premarital sex, and homosexuality. Good luck getting the congregational church. Congregational church is pro-choice, pro-gay, etc. But what's tra so I love the fact that the Catholic Church takes a moral stand on the issues of the day. And then you've got this horrible priest-child sex scandals that it just makes me think there's a devil and he's invaded the churches. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. It's not just the Catholics. Though. Oh, I know. I've worked in law enforcement, as many people know, and there have been abuse by clergy I know. and it's but I guess are th you're human yeah I think though you know if if there's if your priest or pastor is doing anything like that get him out of the out of that church I'm sorry get them some help but don't let him stay in there and, and say we're all human no 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 of course we're all human everybody sins so do I but if you're living in this and you're abusing people get him out of there okay Pastor Brock, we've only got about a minute left mm -hmm. in that, and maybe it's time that we should tell people what's happening. You sure. mentioned our website, mm -hmm. and it's up there on the screen sure. right now, so okay. tell them what we're doing. Well, everybody, you know, pre please pray for our ministry. We've been in Minneapolis for 25 years. About two or three years ago, we went national, so a lot of you are seeing this all over the country on Dish Network, DirecTV. If, if you want to see the show or if you have a friend that wants to see it but they don't have cable or... Uh, or whatever, go to pastorstudy.org, two S's, they can watch our TV shows for free there. We need your support because it's expensive to buy airtime. So if you believe what we believe, would you pray for our ministry? And if the Lord would move you to send a, a gift, we would really appreciate that because only he knows how long the money's going to last. But pray, and if the Lord nudges you, please do that. But pastorstudy.org, and that'll, that'll get you there. Well, it's been great having this group of people watching us so that it's gotten to where it is. I never would have believed it when we started Me 25 neither. years ago. <laughs> so God bless and we'll see you next time on The Pastor's Study. Thank you for watching The Pastor's Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.